Welcome to the Happy Whole You Podcast. I'm Anna Marie Frank, a doctor of traditional naturopathy and certified brain health professional. Now, those of you that know Happy Whole You, you know that we are all about health and well-being. And we combine all the physical aspects, nutritional aspects, as well as the energetic and emotional aspects to well-being. So on this podcast, you guys, you are going to get a variety of information with different topics that can range from brain health all the way to how your energy field impacts your overall health and well-being. Now, let me remind you that we are not giving medical advice on this podcast, and these are just our personal experiences and information that we are sharing. If you do have any physical or any mental challenges going on in your life, we highly recommend that you seek a medical professional that you have a strong relationship with. All right, you guys, we are going to get started. So here we go. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Happy Whole You podcast. Okay, so fair warning, today I'm going to talk about something I'm very, very passionate about, and this is due to my own journey and how I've gotten to the place where I am in naturopathy and what I do for a living, ultimately working with people in a holistic manner to help them build their foundations of health. Now, one thing that drives me a little bit crazy is where people come to me and they ask if I take medical insurance and I have to tell them no, that we do not accept medical insurance because in the U.S. only MDs, allopathic doctors can accept or do accept medical insurance and insurance is like this whole other animal I'm not going to really get into it other than I'm going to say I feel that health insurance does a disservice, one, that it is called health insurance, two, that I have clients that come and say, well, I'm covered, my insurance covers preventative care visits and preventative care, and I have to respond with, no, your insurance probably covers early detection So there is, I think, really, what do I want to call it? Maybe false advertising, if you will, of insurance companies. For example, my family, of course, in the U.S., you have to have, you can't just get catastrophic insurance. I don't know if you guys know this, but I was trying to just get catastrophic insurance. For example, if if my family, if we get in a car accident and my arm goes flying off, yes, I want to go to a medical doctor. I want to go to a surgeon who can help put me back together. I do want morphine. Give me the drugs. Absolutely, right? And so I was trying to find out if I could get catastrophic insurance for my family if there was an accident of some sort that happened. And really to my surprise, I found out that no, you have to have pretty much a baseline of insurance, of quote unquote health insurance, and you can't get this catastrophic insurance. Now, I found that very interesting. And then for my family to get just basic run of the mill I think it was like a six to $8,000 deductible. It was going to cost us like $1,800 a month for medical insurance. And when I talked to this gal on the phone, she's like, oh, but 
you are covered 100% for preventative care. And I said, well, tell me more about that, <laughs> poor lady. Anyways, so just explain that mammograms, pap smears, and, you know, a quote-unquote well visit to a doctor once a year is covered. And, of course, I'm like, sorry, that is not preventative care. That is early detection. And so I don't believe, and if I'm wrong, please send me some email or something because I'm really interested in this, but I don't believe that true preventative care and disease prevention is truly provided and covered by insurance companies. I think that they try to minimize symptoms and things like that, but yeah, I mean, I just, it's, it's preventative to prevent disease and preventative care. I don't believe is covered. I view it as early detection because if you go and you get a mammogram and they find a lump or something, yes, hopefully they find it early, early detection, but it's already there. Disease has already manifested in the body. And so with what I do is I try to help people build their foundations of health to create a terrain and really that foundation of where disease can't even live or manifest in the body. But how did we get to this point to where it's almost like the pendulum has swung so far to the other side? Because I am not against Western medicine at all. What I am against is this one-size-fits-all programming. I'm also against this whole idea that there's a pill for every ill, if you will, in terms of medications. And I'm against this idea that in terms of essentially what I do with plant medicine and homeopathy, that it is called alternative health as if it's alternative to Western medicine. When over a hundred years ago, plant medicine is medicine that people use. They used herbs, they used elixirs, they used these things, and they weren't alternative. It was the option that people had. And so I want to give you a kind of a brief history, because I think when we kind of come to the realization that the medical schools in the United States and medicine today was really shaped by, you know, people that were not doctors and really these big families in American history who essentially controlled the steel industry that controlled the oil industry and tie it together for you. I think you might find it kind of interesting. So you've probably heard of the Rockefellers, right? You've heard of Rockefeller Center. And here's the thing. So the Rockefellers and one Rockefeller in particularly controlled in around, I think it was even the 1920s, controlled around 90% of the world's oil. Okay, so... (laughs) This is quite a bit, if you can think about that. 90% of the oil was controlled by the Rockefellers. And John D. Rockefeller, to 
to be more specific. And here's the thing is with this oil and the production of oil, there are byproducts of oil. And what the Rockefellers realized or John D. Rockefeller realized is that he could essentially make synthetic substances from the byproducts of oil and they could be patented. And so, you know, back then, and it was really in the USA, half of the doctors and medical schools in the U.S. were practicing holistic medicine. So they were using different forms of medicine from Europe and Native Americans. And so Rockefeller and his monopoly that he had and that he was very good at had to figure out a way to essentially get rid of big competition, which was holistic medicine, because plants and herbs and naturally occurring things from the earth cannot be patented. And so what he did is he used a classic strategy that is still used today, which is that problem reaction solution, which is where he creates a problem or somebody creates a problem and they scare people so then they can offer a solution. And so what happened was, you know, Rockefeller went to his wealthy friends, such as Andrew Carnegie. So if you know of Andrew Carnegie, he owned this pretty much the steel industry. And so between the oil industry being owned mostly by the Rockefellers and then the Carnegies owning the steel industry, they had quite a bit of money. And what they did is Andrew Carnegie actually had this prestigious Carnegie Foundation. And what they did is they got this man named Abraham Flexner to essentially travel the country and report on the status of medical schools and education and hospitals in the U.S. And so this led to the birth of this report called the Flexner Report. And this essentially, this Flexner Report gave birth to modern medicine. Because in this report from this one individual, he essentially reported that all healing modalities being practiced that had been practiced for hundreds of years and were being taught at our medical schools (laughs) or medical colleges were quote-unquote unscientific and quackery. So with that report, there was this huge push to centralize medical education and institutions based on this one report. And again, one report. And what happened was over time, half of all medical colleges soon closed and homeopathy and natural medicine were mocked and demonized and doctors were even jailed for practicing holistic medicine okay and this is what was being taught in our medical colleges you guys like this was taught this was therapies and practices brought from Europe and from our native americans and what they have used for centuries for healing So then there was this huge push 
for transition from the holistic medical medicine education. And what they had to do is they had to start changing the minds of doctors and scientists. So in Rockefeller form, Rockefeller gave more than a hundred million dollars to colleges and hospitals. And he also founded the GEB, which is the General Education Board. So in a very short period of time, medical colleges were all streamlined and all students were learning the same thing about centralized medicine and using patented drugs and using synthetics. So of course, this is simplifying it, but it's very interesting to me that not even doctors, but these two families, the Carnegie's and Rockefeller's with all their money and all their power came in and saw an opportunity to essentially take away some holistic modalities that cannot be patented and wiggle their way in to allow to change the system so then they could give money and essentially get their patents used. So what happened is these scientists started receiving huge grants to study plants and how plants cure disease, which that sounds like a really great thing. That is wonderful, and that's a cool thing to study. However, the goal was to first identify which chemical like compounds in those plants were effective and how they could recreate a synthetic chemical that wasn't identical to that compound because, again, it can't be identical so they can patent it. And that's where essentially that every, a pill for every ill started to come. So you have 100 years later, now we are producing you know, all these medical doctors who are not trained of the benefits of nutrition and herbs and holistic practices like they were trained 100 years ago. And now our entire society is enslaved to these corporations of big pharma, the medical equipment industry, and these medical insurance companies. And, you know, in America, we spend 15% of our GDP on well, we call it healthcare, but it's really called sick care. And we focus on symptoms and not cures, which is, it's, I mean, it's essentially you get someone someone gets ill and then they keep coming back and they get a, a drug for a drug for a drug for a drug. And it's, I mean, it's criminal that this is even happening. And this is so normal for people. It's very common. People on, you know, I mean, there's young children on multiple medications now. I, it, it's insane. And at the same time, you know, there's no cure for diabetes or cancer, or asthma, and other diseases. This is what we are told. And, you know, it's just crazy that medical schools today are essentially created, were created by these businessmen. And I don't know if you know this or not, but the American Cancer Society that was founded in 1913 was founded by the Rockefellers or John D. Rockefeller. And I found this interesting too about his father. So John D. Rockefeller's father used to make his living by selling snake oil and other plant tonics and elixirs. And he would really present himself as Dr. Bill Levington. And he 
quoted himself as a celebrated cancer specialist, and he sold this one tonic that was the cure-all tonic, which was about $25 per bottle, which was equivalent back then to a two-month salary for the average American worker. But moving on, in 1939, there was a drug trust alliance that was formed by the Rockefeller Empire and the German chemical company, IG Farben, which is essentially Bayer. And, you know, they produce chemicals for the military industry. And after World War, I think it was a World War II, it was dismantled, but emerged into separate companies or in alliance with separate companies, such as General Mills and Kellogg's and Nestle, Bristol Myers and Procter and & Gamble. And essentially the Rockefeller Empire, it worked with Chase Manhattan Bank, which is now J.P. Morgan Bank, and all these companies. And now today, all of these companies own over half of the pharmaceutical interest in the whole United States, which the pharmaceutical interests that they hold is pretty much the largest. They all make up really the largest manufacturer of drugs in the world. I find this very fascinating because you would like Nestle Science, for example, which is a branch of Nestle, the plant stem cells that I've talked about on this podcast before. I, when I started learning about them and what they do and then started using them and started to see the benefits of them, I got pretty nervous because Nestle Science actually bought the company in Belgium that does the extraction process and really essentially bottles these amazing healing tonics that are beautiful and they work and they're just incredible. And I just find it really interesting. Like why is Nestle Science and why are some of these big companies buying up, you know, these holistic health practices or holistic health companies that are producing these herbals and these, you know, healing remedies. So it's just fascinating to me. But I wanted to give you guys this information because I mean, honestly, Big Pharma is the largest drug cartel in the US and the government protects them. And I think that, you know, when we think about how almost 90% of health issues, mental health issues are really exasperated due to nutritional deficiencies. I just, I think it's crazy that people, one, they're paying all this money for health insurance and these health insurance will not cover a individual to see a practitioner like myself, right? So they're paying out of pocket and, you know, it is what it is, but why are we not pushing more for transparency and for true health care versus the sick care? And I think so many people, you know, are so far removed and are so brainwashed and programmed with how our medical history is in the United States that I just think it's really important that we have this conversation and we look at history. And again, this isn't against Western medicine, but this is ultimately, I want to talk about this to bring awareness and have everyone to think and really question, which I think we all should do is we should question, you know, why is it that 
I am paying this much money for health insurance when true health is not even being covered with what I'm paying. And for a family, for my, like my family to be paying $1,800 a month for this sick care is, I mean, that's just wrong. And yeah, I don't know, you guys, I just wanted to bring awareness around this. I got so passionate about this when I learned about all of this during my schooling and, you know, within naturopathy, there's so much history there and it's really interesting. And I love learning about the history, but then there's also that dark side of history, which, you know, I think that when we shed light to it, we can learn from it. And I don't think that, you know, this pendulum should be swung so far one way. And, you know, I think we're missing some great opportunity for healing and for people to get well. And again, I just wanted to bring awareness around this. So I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I know I went through this pretty quickly, but yeah, I'd love to hear from you and what you think about this, because I think this is a cool topic to talk about. And it's, again, this is just to bring awareness around this and ask questions. And it's not one person, one way is right. And one way is wrong. I think it's just a matter of, you know, this is my body. I would like to be able to choose how I take care of it and what practitioner I want to work with. And why are there such tight parameters around the fact that in the United States, you have to have health insurance. And yet that health insurance tells you who you can and who you cannot see. And I don't know. I just, I find this whole topic super interesting and I know it all comes down to money. And if we follow the money, (laughs) we can get a lot of information. Um, But yeah, it's a great topic. And so if you have anything, I'd love for you to email at info at happy whole you love to hear from you guys. Thanks for joining us today, you guys, on this Happy Whole You podcast. We are so stoked that you are listening. And if you have questions or want to reach out to us, you can always email us at info at happywholeyou.com. And you know where to find us at Happy Whole You on Facebook and at Happy Whole You on Instagram. So have a wonderful day. Have a great week. And we will see you soon.